Welcome back to the Village Bonfire for another episode of the Wild Sacred Journey podcast. A podcast not just for your mind, but for your body and spirit too. Here we don't just talk theory. Instead, we compassionately engage with our lived experiences and a wide variety of topics together, all to invite the question, in these times we find ourselves in, how do we be more human? Thank you for being here. May these conversations awaken, inspire, repair, and evolve something deep within each of us and serve the wild, tender aliveness of our personal and collective hearts. So welcome back to another episode of the Wild Sacred Journey podcast. So as always, we'll begin with lighting our candle Lighting that village fire. Hmm. Honoring what it means to come together around some shared intention or some shared prayer or some shared hope or some shared vision, even if we have other differences, right? Even if what's shared is just a commitment to each other, a commitment to the land, commitment to that greater, wider web and circle of aliveness, which includes death, (laughs) those endings and beginnings. And so we take a few deep breaths in and out together. Just letting ourselves arrive in this moment, in the place where you are. Maybe you even let yourself look around at that place where you are and just take it in. Honoring the land. Honoring the ones who came before, the ones who will come after, the ones who are now. So with deep gratitude and appreciation, I mean, I love those words, gratitude feels internal, appreciation feels like something that appreciates, you know, something that builds. So with both of those, the internal gratitude and then the shared appreciation, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. So welcome into our space today. So I am super excited to have uh, someone, it's funny, I call old friend. It's like, (laughs) we don't even know each other that well in some ways, but I feel like our paths keep crossing. And anyway, so Dahlia Rose, and I met Dahlia back in, it was probably like 2015 or 2016, somewhere like that at her crystal store when she had um, like a past life, she hosted a past life regression workshop back when she had a crystal store and she was hosting events there. And 
And then we encountered each other again when studying Pranashakti Mahavidya under Guruji uh, Sri Yogacharya Arun Kumaraji. And she continued on in that practice. And I, I took a pause and unclear whether I'll go back to deepening into that or not. Um, but yeah, I, you know, was, uh, at the past life regression workshop, I was like laying there, you know, getting ready. And all of a sudden I felt someone just like slip a crystal into my hand and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, so Dahlia is the kind of person who's slipping crystals into your hand and, um, yeah. And it just, I've always been impressed by how much of like a center hub of like wisdom Dahlia is like as, as a human um, but also as like, uh, like in the community, you know, and bringing together different practitioners and different modalities and all these workshops. And so anyway, um, yeah, I'm just really excited. Um, yeah, to have, to have Dahlia here. So, um, yeah, Dahlia's bio writes, I am Dahlia Rose. I'm the founder of the Conduit School. I serve my community as a healer, teacher, and conduit for high vibrational energies. I do this by guiding my students and clients using spiritual development, energy work, meditation, crystal usage, services, and counseling. I pull together ancient healing techniques and supportive practices that bring transformation into the lives of those who choose to work with me. I do all of this because I believe that we need to expand the way that we look at healing, reconnect with our bodies, and feel empowered to be more than we ever thought possible. I love that. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. It was years in the making. I mean, you know, words are so strange. <laughs> when you try to boil down both what you love and how you convey that through yeah. work. I mean, in the conventional sense, there's, um, there's, there's verbiage. Mm -hmm. And then when you move into the spiritual realities, it's kind of like, ah, you know, it's just a feeling there's experience, <laughs> so, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And language really gets ineffective in some of those moments. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome. Welcome. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing to be here. So, yeah, so I love to start with the question, um, you know, in cultures around the world, people would introduce themselves more in kind of a social fabric kind of way, like more either family lines or places or, you know, where they kind of are in that network of kin, right, and sort of in that kinship kind of way. And so, yeah, so I just want to invite you in whatever way you feel called in this moment, knowing that it's probably, this, again, a small fraction of who you are, right? <laughs> Like what are, yeah, any ancestors, lineages, places, you know, kinship connections that, um, I don't know. Yeah. Forces that shaped you, whatever it is that kind of orients you in that, in that social fabric. So I, I want to first, I'm so excited for your question, um, because it travels outside the realms of like certifications and things like that. I mean, I have a lot. I'm a, have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> learning is my deal <laughs> but um like the forces that shaped me I just feel when you ask that question um there's there's so much um it drops me right into my heart right mm -hmm. and I'm I'm like moving through this like okay don't start sobbing on the 
on the broadcast because you can sob. That's okay. <laughs> um, it's very Pisces of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, accurate. Um, so the forces that shaped me. Wow, I. All of this goes back to Jamaica, actually. And, and you know, I only found that out within the last 10 years mm-hmm. um, because my grandmother is like this amazing warehouse of information, but the faucet is like a slow drip. Like you'll just, you, you'll be having a casual conversation one day and she'll be like, oh yeah, this thing. And you're like, wait a minute, that's profound. Can you say more? And she's <laughs> like, oh, I didn't tell you. <laughs> so we began, um, we began in Jamaica and uh, then our family shifted to both Costa Rica and Panama over time. And in those spaces and both spaces, we found ourselves as a family of uh, what would be called curanderos. So we, I don't know that there was any, some like any official like voting or something but just an adopted practice of everybody in my family, um, at least all of us with uteruses, seem to have this nurturing quality that says we're here to take care of others. Mm. Um, And in that space, we then became the people that if you couldn't make it into town, because there were no doctors nearby, I mean, you've got mountains between where we were on the coast and the mainland so it's several hours um, growing like uh, curative plants in the soil around and being able to mix them together and and you know give that to our community so we Mm -hmm. operated in these ways and so um, that still goes on to some degree. It's one of my, one of my grandmother's favorite topics. Like, we just started growing this and it's for headaches and, you know, what have you or whatever ailments they have going on. And there, there's so much, it's so plentiful in the soil in Costa Rica where we are primarily at now. I do still have some family in Panama. Um, it's just so rich and so beautiful. And, and one of the most recent medicines, so forces that shaped me, um, that's come to me as cacao. So I got to interact with cacao um, in other ceremonies, but for the first time, I have my family's cacao. Oh, wow. And so I'm being shaped in a new way now, mm-hmm. but previously uh, there were many forces. I mean, not all of them were beautiful, <laughs> and yet they were beautiful. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, uh, being part of a family that moved around a lot, a military family. Mm-hmm. And being exposed to so many different people, cultures, ways of being, I could say that was a force that shaped me. And then this sort of appreciation for what's there, because nothing was really permanent. Mm -hmm. And then... I from about five years old, made a decision. And you're like, how do you remember back so far? Because the decision was weird. (laughs) That I wanted people to feel better sitting with me than when, than before the time that they got there. Mm. 
And for a five-year-old, there aren't a lot of words that can happen. So it's all about feeling. It's all about energy. Mm-hmm. And that just felt like home to me, but I didn't really have verbiage for what that process was. So mm-hmm. I had a sense of empathic abilities that early and those materialized and continued to grow. And then, um, you know, everybody does it through high school. It's like, eh, I don't want to be the weird kid. So we shut it down. Mm-hmm. And that, so high school was a force that shaped me on some level. <laughs> <Yeah. as well. laughs> I'm not sure anybody comes out of high school unscathed. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I was fortunate uh, to have found a kid that uh, was into like, pendulums and things like that and anyway mm-hmm. so like I didn't get too far away mm-hmm. um and and uh church experiences as well you know traditional mm-hmm. church and all of this comes together so the forces that shaped me all of it comes together to be this beautiful force of self-exploration energy work and serving others mm-hmm. in al- mostly altruistic ways, but then some more official ways as I um, dove into healing modalities. So mm-hmm. like, thank you for that journey. Cause I've never, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've, you, you always have a sense of what shaped you, but to actually just peel back the, I took this class, I took that class and mm-hmm. now I do these things. It's just a wonderful experience. Thank you for the question. Mm, yeah thank you for for that beautiful journey that 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 was your answer yeah you know I love hearing um all those threads so you're in the U.S. um but it sounds like you still have a lot of is your grandmother in the U.S. or is you still in Costa Rica still still in Costa Rica she did some time (laughs) they did some time in New York um (laughs) and you know met my grandfather there so I have uh, two grandfathers, but um, met current grandfather there, and they decided, like, yeah, we're good. We've done enough here, and went back home yeah. to Costa Rica. So, yeah. amazing. I'll actually, be seeing them next week. I'm pretty pretty excited. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was so interesting because, yeah, listening to your story, I was like, yeah, feeling yeah, that web so- of your relations, you know, and how they're sort of these trajectories, these geographical trajectories. And yeah, just those beautiful deep roots. Yeah, really hearing those deep roots, that deep connection with that line, you know, um, that Curandero and Curandera line into, yeah, Costa Rica and Panama and the plants and um, yeah. 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 I've never been. I'd love to go sometime. <laughs> oh, I could take you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I see it in the future. Um, yeah. That would be very cool. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess what um, I was like, so present listening that now I'm like, okay, where are we going from here? <laughs> Just floating in space. Letting it come. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, all of these things that have shaped me have led to, like you mentioned, uh, Crystal Shop, even the bad things that shaped me. So I often credit my marriage and just sort of the the shift. I mean, Mm. I there was a time in my life where I was like, I'm so negative. And then I was like, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had my Crystal Shop without Mm. that. Mm. So this 
strong force of my marriage and shifting out of that led to the crystal shop you mentioned Mm. and you know so much more but that was poignant yeah it was like a definite life marker for me was my my healing center yeah so how did you get into working with crystals I mean you mentioned pendulums a little bit and things like that you know in the and obviously then the plants and you know I mean is working with crystals at all a part of your lineage or is that something that's kind of come to you and where did where did that thread start to weave its way in (laughs) um you and the great questions um so I cannot pull from my like my this current embodiment's lineage as far as crystals are concerned um Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who's interested in these other than me and my children (laughs) um but uh and like ancestrally outside of that realm right so Mm -hmm. I believe in past lives Mm -hmm. and my connection with them in this life was exploring who I was um, as that marriage started to fray and and fracture I needed to find out who I was outside of that and crystals was a part of that experience Mm. only to find out that these are a lifetime connection for me so I had a lifetime as an oracle I actually went on to ask a medium I was like listen I love these things especially hold on these things (laughs) (laughs) so like what's the deal because I'm at like it's got to be a hundred crystal skulls by now. Not all this size, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you were an oracle in Greece and mm. had them with you. Mm. And I was like, you know, so whenever you go get a reading, you have to feel into it. Does it resonate? What have you? And this particular thing did. Yeah. I, I just got teary eyed uh, when you said that, like there, oh. I felt that the ping of like, Ooh, yeah, there's, there's charge there. There's something there. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, there's the star connections too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of us are, um, connected. I don't, there's very few people just for show's sake that I believe started on earth. Very few, the rest of us kind of came from different places different star systems and this isn't a good better best thing but I think what makes up the beauty of our planet and how dynamic we all are and so for me I have some off-world ties that worked with crystals and crystal skulls in particular Mm. to dispense information to humanity Mm. so that is kind of the intricate fabric that brings me and crystals together I, I, when I found them, sort of in that self-exploration place, I was definitely like, these are rocks. Why, why the rocks? <laughs> and then I grabbed one and I was like, oh God, the rocks. I mean, crystals. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, I was fortunate to find a crystal seer mm. whose name was Monty and him and his partner Liz would go around and they would bring these people-sized crystals or shiva lingams Mm -hmm. and like hold massive sound baths and meditations and Mm. it was upon meeting him in his first workshop that he was like there are beings in the crystals and at first I was like "Mm." (laughs) and then (laughs) he had pictures and I was like okay wait a minute and then like I said I went on to explore more with meditating with them touching and then I was I was sold from there but I had 
I had um, exposure to channeling, meditation, and mediumship prior to that. So the door was like, the door mm-hmm. was open. It wasn't mm-hmm. like cracked and and put this crystal in my hand and all of a sudden I'm a believer. There was a mm-hmm. lot going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I appreciate you saying that because I do. I feel like, you know, a lot of times when people start with having some sort of awakening, right? And it often starts with something like you were sharing, like a marriage dissolving or a career ending or a health crisis because of stress, because of just life or a career or a marriage or, you know, whatever. Right. And it's like, we hit whatever that, whatever that moment is where it's like, okay, we can't like, things can't continue as they are, you know? And, and I don't know what's next, but there's gotta be something other than this because I can't, I cannot do this anymore, you know? And, you know, I think for me, that moment was like post-college, I was struggling a lot with depression and yoga asana at that point was really what, what I got into in that moment that kind of took me on this whole journey of kind of, you know, and, and we think it's like a journey somewhere else, but really it's usually like you were sort of saying earlier in the episode, I feel like like a journey back to kind of who we actually always were. And even though we didn't have the language or the verbiage for it, because we were too young to really like put those pieces together, but like those knowings were there, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned five years old. Cause I just had a conversation with a friend yesterday. Like I, I don't have a whole lot of memories from when I was younger, but there's this moment when I was probably about five or six where like this lady who is like kind of a friend of a friend of my parents, you know, so, um, who like was really into like crystals, tarot, Reiki, you know, whatever, all of that stuff. Right. And she came up to me at some party and she was like, oh, you are just such a bright young soul. And I remember my little five or six-year-old self looking at her and going, lady, you must not be very good at what you do if you can't see that I am an ancient soul. You know, that was like my thought in my head as I'm just kind of looking at her, like smiling and nodding, right? Like what five-year-old has that kind of a thought, you know? I'm older than you. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like, you know, and it's like, not like that version of me knew what like knew what she was or what she did. And yet somehow some part of me did, you know, and in the same way, like when I finally got into my work, which is more shamanic, animistic, whatever we want to call it, you know, I've been fascinated with ancient, like cave art my entire life. Like I've always been drawn to, you know, in elementary school, I was like the one wanting to write book reports on like Aboriginal rock art, you know, and they're like, what? You know? and I'm like, well, this is fascinating. I'm just going to study cheetahs all summer long. Like, you know, there's something about this animal I need to know while everybody's playing outside. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, and it is funny how much like neurodivergency actually goes like, you know, I feel like I'm in my late thirties and I'm finally being like, I might be somewhere on the neurodivergent spectrum. but like that is you know and that ends up being a common thread that I feel like people who are very intuitive empathic visionary channels you know who are drawn to that like there is an element of that and you know I mean I use that term loosely in the sense of like what even it's not like there's a neuronormal you know nobody's (laughs) and I feel like neurodivergent is actually probably just the word we've applied to people who maybe have these strong connections with these other worlds these other planes of existence these other realms these other lives like whatever it is and so they just see the world differently and like maybe that means our brains are wired differently I'm not sure but 
you know, I just think some of it's just a, yeah, I don't know, like a, seeing the world differently. I, mean, I, I, th- I think it's like, we're opening up space for there to be difference, right? Because there was so much, you know, mm-hmm. looking for certain markers at certain ages, developmental things, yeah. and nobody made space for our um, consciousness and our beingness and our brains literally to evolve. Yeah. And so, you know, to me, neurodivergence is an opportunity for the, for human beings to expand further. I mean, yeah. if you can have a child who's say, you know, autistic and they are sensitive, their sensitivities feel into things that we can't even imagine. Yeah. And so if there was space for that and we listened, how much noise, how much less noise pollution would there be? How much less stress on our bodies would there be? Mm-hmm. Like they can be such a great guide mm-hmm. for those of us who are a little more tolerant, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but we aren't, we aren't thinking that way. So we say neurodivergence. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel that same way about queerness, about different abilities, about, you know, all of that. It's like, it's bringing, it's all of those things are invitations, you know, not pathologies or like labels in a limiting way, but invitations into a different perception and understanding of the world, you know, and um, more of those like liminal spaces where like the things that we kind of, our brains kind of assume to be true, you know, and our bodies, like the, the parts of us that are very in this material world assumed to be true. And, and the parts of us that have this capacity for expanded awareness and for, um, yeah, for difference, for queerness, for shape-shifting, for, you know, what, like whatever it all is, right? <laughs> Right. Um, I feel like yeah. the more spiritual or the more I dive into, because I hate saying being spiritual, like it's, it's kind of icky. So the more into spirituality and energy I get, I feel like the more queer I get, <laughs> like nothing yeah. matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, I, like, am I attracted to you? Yes. I don't care what parts you have. Yeah. <laughs> of, mm. Yeah. Know, it's like, it's such a freeing space where everything starts to fade. And it all blends, you know, I didn't know what oneness was and it, I feel like it, the journey's still unfolding and I, I hope it does forever because mm. there's like, how could you ever know everything? Anyway. Yeah. 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 I feel like I had started us on sort of a thing. Yeah. Coming back to like those moments where, oh yeah, those moments where we, and then I like went off my, here goes my neurodivergent brain. That's like, ah, here's a thread. And then there's a thread. And then there's a thread. And like, assume we have this whole web that I'm like, okay, story. Yeah. Okay. I have, I have spider medicine. I'm tracking. (laughs) Me too. Following you around. Yeah. Same, same, same. You pull on the cord and I'm going up there. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, talk about when you were saying like with autism, you know, that like the sensory stuff, you know, I mean, that's spiders read their environment through their webs, you know, that is how they connect. And so that's part of why I asked that question about that social fabric, you know, it's like, where, who are you in this web, you know? And like, and as you share that, that's the, you know, that beyond just the certifications and the classes and the learning, right. It's like, that's the stuff that sends the ripples, through the web that somehow 
like, yeah, like you said, it drops us into our heart. We like feel the other person differently because it's like when they're answering from that web place, like our web can resonate, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like that's just what's we coming start to me right feeling now. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, so I feel like I'd started us on this, this track about sort of, yeah, those moments when we, um, Oh yeah. Cause you had shared about, yeah. So, so sort of when you got into crystals and then, you know, usually I feel like when we hit that moment where we're not sure we can continue, you know, it's like, we're looking for kind of what's next and yeah, there's like something that kind of cracks the door open, but we're not totally believers quite yet. And there's like a lot of disbelief still maybe in our like circles, which gives us a lot of, you know, uh, not negative reinforcement, but it's challenging to overcome. I mean, we're, you know, we're wired to like, want to belong to family and to want to like belong Absolutely. to our network and our communities. And so when we start to like realize we need something different, you know, but we don't quite have the new connections and community in place that can be like a really challenging transition. And, um, you know, and I feel like in those moments, it's so interesting, you know, and there's no right or wrong here, but we, we're still bringing a lot of our old paradigms, like a lot of our old mindsets to it as we sort of start to like come to it. And that's where I feel like sometimes with crystals, you know, people still bring that very Western, like prescriptive sort of like, okay, yeah. so this crystal's like good yes. for this and like, okay, this give it to me, right. I have this going on. Which one do I need? Yes. Right. Oh my God. And so I guess, yeah, so I would love to, if, if you're open to it, like kind of teasing this thread out a little bit, what is it to like be in relationship with the crystals and kind of in a way that sort of, yeah, it, like if that makes sense, but you know, like to, to kind of move beyond that sort of prescriptive, like, okay, I have to find the book that tells me like which crystals for which thing, you know, and again, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's like, no, no totally it's kind fine. Of who we are. Right. But yeah, so I, I don't know. That, yeah, what's mm -hmm. yeah? I think that like we're 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 trained that way, right? We are we're we're pushed to that space of survival mode, and nobody really knows that they're in it until they find the walls of their box, and they're like, "Wait, this is a box. I can get out. There's a door." Uh, and so when it comes to to crystals, there is this entering into that realm with uh, the idea that you will be able to get a crystal and avoid. And, and we're, we're pushed to that avoidance space. Well, if I don't want to encounter these things, these feelings, if I get the crystal, then mm -hmm. life will be better and I won't have to endure. And one of the things that I loved about having the shop was encountering these um, belief systems because mm -hmm. I asked, I always asked to go further they would say, well, you know, I had a reading and the person told me that I need to pick up citrine. And I'm like, okay, well, that's nice. And if that's all you came for, I understand. And they'd say, well, what do you mean? And I'd say, well, what, what actually happened that led to the citrine conversation? We talk about it. Like, I'll just make something up like, um, oh, they saw that I was feeling uh, a block in my creativity and, um, that my depression was weighing heavy on me. And so they recommended citrine because citrine is prescriptively in any crystal book. It's going mm -hmm. to unblock your creativity, works great mm -hmm. with the sacral chakra mm -hmm. and it energizes all the energy. So if you're, if you're feeling heavy and you don't have the energy, citrine can be a great 
uplifter and amplifier actually amplifies other stones anyway Mm. um so in that conversation I'm like okay but if you were to consider what was said and what resonated with you outside of the crystal prescription let's go around the room let's pull all it was always it wasn't a mess in my shop but like after somebody would shop it'd be like okay you're gonna take 20 minutes to put all the crystals back because <laughs> we just get a table and you know we're gonna put everything on the table and I want you to actually think about what your experience is and to go around and see if you have a connection with the stones and they'd be like oh well what do you mean connection for crystals is going to register in a couple of different ways it's going to be um a flash of a memory in your mind it's going to be tangles in the hands or uh, like an autonomic nerve, nervous system response, um, or it's still like flushing, or, you know, um, you might even feel like what I call like a barometric pressure change, where it feels like the room moved and, mm-hmm. and now energy is kind of fluctuating. It's going higher, it's going lower, and you don't know what it is, but you may be feeling movement of some kind Mm -hmm. you may feel a cold sensation where there was something that was warm and you may feel a warm sensation where something was cold for instance quartz um, is typically cold it's colder than the room that it's in Mm. if you go to touch it and it's warm there may be something happening between you and that piece it may be colder than the stones surrounding it so I'm usually asking people to feel into their bodies to for that connection piece and it's so funny when that happens you're like well, what does this mean what does this mean and I'm like nope we're not giving meaning to anything <laughs> and that's the survival response if I know what this means I will know what it does and I will know where I'm going and there is this space of clarity and inspiration that can happen when you just allow it, it's a practice. It's a, it's, it's still even a practice for me on some things. But there was always this beautiful response to uh, those kinds of interactions where we could feel into the body, another pathway for um, connecting with crystals and going that route is to tap into your psychic senses. So we're not disembodied entirely because I'm asking which one of your physical senses is strongest Mm -hmm. and then navigating to the psychic one through that space. So Mm. when you came in the room, what did you notice? Well, I I felt things. Okay. So let's talk about your clear sentience Mm -hmm. and let's have you feel the crystals. Well, you know, when I came in the room, I saw things. Okay, let's talk about your clairvoyance and how the crystal is going to appear to you. And mm. I've had instances in my own clairvoyance where it seems like a light shone from nowhere onto a stone. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. I guess this is it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, speaking of animal spirits, have one if you can hear my dog barking. <laughs> um, so uh, she's my little familiar. Yeah. It's our second lifetime together. But she was a bird last time. Um, so anyway, uh, tapping into those psychic abilities, if you find yourself wanting to connect with the stones or at least connect to the somatic moment. And from there, uh, again, it's not prescriptive. So we might sit down and I might open up my energy just to offer a little bit of, you know, how this particular being, because each crystal is alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it grew 
in the earth at some point until we took it out. But that vibration, that echo, that heartbeat is still there, much like with um, skin drums or mm -hmm. rattles or, you know, things that are made up of, of our animal friends in humane ways. <laughs> they still have that presence. And so we start to connect with the being and see like, well, you know, is there something coming up for you as you're holding this? And, and I mean, it could be anything. I feel my grandmother, I feel, um, uh, uh, whatever mm -hmm. is coming forward. I'm having this memory. Well, perhaps the stone wants to help you with that funny little story, real little story. Mm -hmm. um, I had a woman come to me and she was like, yeah, I bought this crystal in Vegas, this little piece of quartz. And I asked it to help me feel more empowered and courageous. And immediately I got in a fight with my friend. And so I was like, it must be this crystal. And I threw it away. And I was like, okay, so let's just get past the moment. Let's breathe through the moment where you threw the crystal away. <laughs> like I'm okay after that <laughs> is it possible that your friend was disempowering and making you were leaning on them instead of finding your own courage and strength that she was like oh <laughs> like, yeah. you know hopefully since then you found it or you have new things that you'd like to travel with but that is the journey with crystals is that mm. they are amplifiers they are absorbers and when we have an opportunity to like take a step back, take a moment and just allow the clarity to come forward instead of trying to direct it, mm -hmm. eventually you will be shown. And when I say eventually, I mean, you, maybe you go home with that piece and synchronicities start to happen. Things start to fall into place or people exit your life. And that's an important moment. It's not a bad thing. There is no punishment when it comes to these sort of things. And I think, again, when as we edge our way out of survival mode, we start to think, oh, no, my the earth underneath me is shifting. People are falling through the cracks and leaving. This must be wrong. And I can tell mm -hmm. you both in the mundane and in the spiritual as someone who I closed that crystal shop at the height of its success. <laughs> Some things become a crutch. Some things become uh, so normalized that you stop growing, you stop evolving, or you evolve past them, and but you hang on. And what remains is pain or yeah. frustration, or if you bring that into the body, it's waking up tight and sore and I, you know, oh, maybe my bed is too lumpy or maybe your life is too lumpy. Like yeah. that's <laughs> start, yeah. starting to address the shift as part of evolution, taking some cues from outside where nothing stays the same. I mean, if we could hold yeah. on to summer, we would. But eventually winter is coming. Not to yeah. focus on copyright infringement or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, change is part of the program and crystals can be a great support for that. Yeah. Um, some help level you out and others, well, I think all of them show you the journey beyond the prescription. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a woman the other day, um, she was holding a, a rose quartz and then she like immediately put it down. And I was like, well, 
you know, hey, what's up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was, it was, you know, without going too personal in their journey, um, Rose course help you, helps you express unexpressed emotions. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not ready, Rose Quartz will show you the door, but it's not going to force you. Mm -hmm. And in that way, they, you know, all of our, our beings operate as guides. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's all choice. Yeah. Yeah. I love so many pieces of what you're saying there. You know, I mean, yes, that piece about the choice, like we also get to say no to the path, you know, and we get to hold on to things long after we probably quote unquote, should have let them go, you know, and like, and again, and like trusting that that's part of the journey, you know, um, and sometimes like sometimes our like mind or our spirits know that we want something that it's time for something to let go, but our bodies aren't quite ready yet. And for me, like, that's part of it is like, you know, I was holding on to an old RV for a long time and kind of all that that meant. And like, I knew I was, it, it was probably not like I'd reached a point where it was probably time to part ways. And it was a solid several years between knowing that and all the layers of my being being aligned behind that. Mm. And, and that was like such a lesson for me in patience and just trusting that process and not trying to rush and not try, you know, and just giving myself the time and space to grieve and letting my body actually come on board and letting myself like be with what it meant, what that object had meant to me and like what it was going to mean for me to let it go and letting myself grieve and, you know, and really getting into that life, death, life, you know, kind of aspect. And, you know, and I love what you were sharing too, you know, that, that piece about, um, yeah, that I think a lot of times become because we're coming from this, as you've been calling it survival mode, we've been coming from this place where we're realizing things can't continue as they are in whatever way. And usually it's because we're not feeling great. And so we're like expecting healing to like miraculously feel better. <laughs> and often initially it actually feels worse a little bit before it feels better, you know, or I don't want to say worse because for me anyway, I feel like there's always a, a like a tone of rightness to it that even if sure. it's challenging, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, I know some people call it like clean pain, dirty pain, you know, like, like the, the I've pouring, never heard like, that. <laughs> I think re I've heard Resma Menicum use it. And I don't know that he's the only one, but yeah, like pouring rubbing alcohol in to like clean a wound, you know, like it doesn't feel good, but it feels better than letting it fester and get infected, you know? And so that yeah, like that difference, was... you know, like if we're in these situations where things aren't working well, and it's like, okay, here's, yeah, here's that dirty pain, you know, in a lot of ways, but then it's like, yeah, healing at first sometimes feels like that rubbing alcohol. And so it's, you know, there's still like that tone of like, I, I trust that ultimately this is going to get better, even though right now it feels uncomfortable or it doesn't feel great. And so, yeah, I mean, I love that you're pointing to that, you know, I, at one point in time, um, a woman and I were offering, um, sort of energy healing and myofascial release combination work. Um, and we were trying to work with other healers and doctors. This was during the height of the pandemic. So we were trying to offer care for a lot of the support staff who were doing a lot of care. And it was really interesting. We had a, um, some doctors and it was fascinating working, you know, in sort of that with folks who were really in the Western medicine world, you know, 
because um, actually at one point, one of the classes we taught was actually um, there, her, she had a connection to actually a health, a major healthcare provider in the Midwest. And so they were considering bringing us on actually as a benefit for um, their, all their employees and all of that stuff. So anyway, so that session in particular, we were really like working with doctors, you know, and it was very interesting because, you know, even myofascial, like we think of that as sort of in my world anyway, that seems like less woo woo in some ways than like the energy healing, but like for a lot of Western medicine people, even the idea of fascia holding memory, holding trauma, holding tension is like still pretty woo woo. So we're having them do these myofascial things. And afterwards we were asking them for feedback. And this one woman goes like, well, I thought I was going to feel better. And all of that was like very painful. I'm like, well, that's your body's trying to tell you something. Yeah. And here you go. Yeah. The healing like, worked. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And she's like, I'm like, well, how is it for you to move through your day? Does your body like feel stiff and sore? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it's uh anyway. So yeah, it's so funny how we have those. Yeah. We want things to feel better. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was, um, uh, a benefit, uh, what benefited me in 2020 was working with a body worker who then went on to mentor me with a lot of fascial release work and, um, their pro their, um, work is called the embodiment code. Mm. Um, and so it, it points to not only the structural release, but what karma is held there. Mm. And as people go through this process, like you said, it's, you know, the heaviness, the, oh my God, what did I sign up for <laughs> into this? Like, I don't know if I've ever felt more alive mm-hmm. by the end of it. And it's not a, um, it's not a quick thing. Yeah. I mean, the um, one instance of this work and, and, you know, going through it as a person, and then now I'm a practitioner it's days. It's not hours, mm. but we have mm. so many things built into our society. I mean, Tylenols will will get rid of your headache within 20 minutes if you take it in time. And if it's not mm. that, then you go get the other thing and you you basically build up these walls and these distractions instead of saying like, wait, well, why did I have the headache in the first place? Right. No. Yeah. And, and that may be heavy. I mean, when you brought up grief, I was like, whoa, mm. it took me six months to get past closing the shop Mm. like the highs and lows of it I mean at first I was like yes I'm following spirit I'm doing what I was told to do and then it was like I miss my shop I miss my people I guess you know and it was just all over I felt like a crazy person but it was like (laughs) it was another awakening and I think that we have multiples of those and pain is a great teacher Mm. so Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with somebody else. I was in a conversation with somebody else and I was like thinking about, um, you know, initiations. And I feel like we go in these initiations in cycles and it's like, some are like those moment initiations where you can point to like a specific moment and be like, that was a moment when like everything started to change. And others are like, I slowly over the course of like five years have been in this like initiate initiatory process. And it's like, there's all these layers and threads to it. And, you know, and, and so, yeah, people are like, when did that start to change for you? And you're like, 
I don't even know, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I tell people too, healing can sometimes feel like it's incremental until it's exponential, you know? And it's like one of those things where it feels like, yeah, like, okay, tiny step, tiny step, tiny step, tiny step. Am I getting anywhere? Am I getting anywhere? Am I getting anywhere? And then one day you look up and you're like, my gosh, I'm like miles away from where I started, you know, but it's like, it's each little step, like along, you know, along the way that gets you there. And, and, you know, I think one of the things too, yeah, I think you're right. We're so used to that. Like we want those quick fixes. And so a lot of times in these sort of the spirituality or healing, whatever wellness circles, whatever we want to call it, there's this like something that sort of bothers me sometimes is all this rhetoric around like quantum, like quantum leaps and quantum this and quantum that. And like, like I get it to a new timeline. <laughs> right. And like, I get it. And right. Like, cause again, on that, on the level of energy, yes, things can shift like that, you know, and there's always the possibility for like miraculous instantaneous change. Right? And yeah our bodies exist in the 3d, like on this timeline. And like, so, you know, part of, as you know, as you and I know, when we do this energy work or when you work with crystals, I mean, you know, all these different things, part of what I love about your, what you're pointing to with the fascia is like, we shift the energy and it can take a while for the body to actually catch up, you know, and fascia is the body to have it. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it exists. It's a denser energy, you know? And so it's like it, denser energies move slower. <laughs> so like subtle energies, high frequency, subtle energies, like can shift like that. Cause they move faster and then denser energies move slower. So it's like literally just different speeds, you know? And, and, um, and this kind of brings a thread that I feel like I was interested in teasing out earlier. Um, you know, I feel like crystals, you know, you mentioned crystals as sort of being channels for, I guess the, the larger topic being um, like world bridging, right? And so you kind of have, you mentioned crystals, like, yes, they grow in the earth and they often channel star energy and like plants can be the same. Like a lot of the oh, plant, yes. you know, plants grow in the earth are really of the earth and like also can channel a lot of, I've encountered a lot of plant teachers that bring a lot of star energy through, um, and then like the fascia is like the communication network in the body for energy to move through our physical body. It's like where energy meets our physical body and, and, you know, and humans were world bridgers too. And so I love these ideas too, about like guides of, yeah. So I guess just like opening up that thread, you know, how is it like, yeah, for you with either plants you've worked with or crystals or the fascia piece, you know, and kind of that world bridger that those, those star nations and kind of, but also like of the earth and in the earth and from the earth. And yeah. At first it was very out of place. I mean, you've traveled, um, you know, communities and circles, I'm sure. Uh, and there was no space for that. You were either like, connected to the star people and the ascended masters, or you were a shaman. And so it was uh, a very wild experience to be in this both space and like looking around and saying, okay, does anybody else see that it's, it's not, it's not separate. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, um, and then and again, 
fact, most shamans, I think, wouldn't have seen it as separate either. Like, I feel like, again, that's maybe a more modern concept of what shaman is, you know, because I mean, if you look down at a lot of the Andean philosophies and the the different, you know, the ayahuasqueros and the curanderos and curanderas and, you know, whatever they they're call themselves connected. down there, they're, yeah, their cosmos is, their, their cosmology has a has a huge place for star energy. <laughs> right. Which is and, why yeah. I'm bringing awareness to like, it's more like the community thought yes. like, yeah. Okay. If, if I'm working with animals, I must only be touching these animals on earth. And it's like, no, dude, you have, we have, if you, if you look at it from a framework of dimensions, that's kind of where I come from mm. is we have a part of us in every single dimension. Mm. So there are animal ties and frequencies that we're connected to. And then there are the star people and, you know, how you connect with them. Fash is a beautiful um, body, like substance to connect with all of these things. Because I think it's the one thing that kind of bridges everything. Like you said, we have light in our bodies. We have sound, we have water, we have like all the universal conduits for mm. um, connection in our physical body. And then there are these things like um, with the crystal skulls, there's, um, you know, the 13 that were actually sent here by star nations to, again, help our consciousness evolve so that we could remember who we are and heal and all of those things. And, and, you know, all 13 have been unearthed at this point. So now you can go and interact with them in different spaces. Highly recommend anything you can do with Max, the crystal skull, who happens to travel all over the world. So if you can get an appointment with him, do it. And just push your third eye up against his and see what happens. Promise wow. you will not hate it. <laughs> um, but for um, for me, as far as bringing all these things home it's about what do you need right now mm. so there's nothing that will carry you so far and beyond that you'll just kind of know things are going on but instead you show up and whatever shows up with you is what you are processing and working with so if I'm working with a crystal skull am I always communicating or channeling um, extraterrestrials, not at all. Mm -hmm. um, I could be channeling a, a collective energy of some sort that's tied to the land and the stone that is the crystal is really a great force for that mm -hmm. because it it's either on the ground, came from the ground, you know, what have you. Um, so I'm trying to stay anchored to your question. That's okay. Just like also going in so many different circles. Um, <laughs> so your question of like how you, you were like, how is it tying all together? Right. Um, or just, I mean, I just opened it up as an inquiry, you know? And so I guess for you, yeah. Like, what do you see as kind of that? I mean, maybe that's the question. What is the potential of being a world bridger, right? Like what are some of the, what do you feel like for us, like in these, I guess maybe that's, yeah, for us in these times and sort of this larger umbrella question of how do we be more human? You know, for me, a piece of that is like stepping into the power and responsibility of being 
a world bridger, you know, and, and liberation too, of being a world bridger and realizing how much my body is that. And, you know, and I've had yeah. plants that have helped show me that, and I've had crystals and, you know, animals and, and then my own body and, you know, and my drum shows me that. And, you know, it's, it's like, there's, so there's all these different beyond human kin that are kind of showing me what it is to like, bring that through to be that, that hollow bone or that channel or that conduit or that, you know, just that meeting point between these things that seem separate, right. That and space, these things that seem like they should be paradoxical and like opposite, you know, the sky and the earth. Right. And yet like here we are and we need actually the like nourishment of both. And so, yeah, I don't know wherever that takes you. Like, <laughs> so, um, every world bridger, right. It sounds so huge. Every world bridger has their own mechanisms. And I guess for me, what that looks like is awakening people to what that mechanism looks like. So having gone on, um, you know, my own journeys with plant medicines and with, um, other teachers, animal teachers, those initiations, all of that, what I have seen consistently is there's a formula and then there's my formula. Mm. And I really push to move people towards that empowerment space to say, hey, if you aren't chanting 20 minutes a day and you yoga isn't your thing and maybe you're not into the crystals, like let's find, let's let's create your world bridge right mm -hmm. and and what type of like I'm getting deep with the metaphor but like what type of wood is it are you gonna have yeah. handles on the side like what does yeah. your bridge look like and and that's yeah. really part of my my world bridging I I operate as a conduit for you know what may show up in a space where I'm supporting someone and their support systems are back here but there's a divide and um, giving them permission to, um, you know, access themselves. Cause that's, that's really, that was something that, that came through only within the last couple of years is that our guides, our connections, our teachers, they are us, you know? And so I try to remove the, like you said, the separation you are what you are looking at mm -hmm. within that particular vibration, frequency, amplitude, mm -hmm. all of that, that's you. So how do we get closer? We move past the frustrations. We move past the, I don't deserves the, the belief systems that have held you back, so on and so forth. And um, like you said, it's not a quick fix. And mm -hmm. what I love about working. So I, I, after the shop, I started a membership and uh, it was a way for me to continue to connect with my community outside of a physical space. So we're completely virtual and it's still amazing to watch people approach these spiritual practices and these connections and building their bridges. And then they go, well, this feels heavy. And I'm like, yes, okay, we're here, you know, and, and the, the membership space gives me a little bit of time to spend more time with them to say what you are feeling is absolutely normal. And not only is it normal, you have 
community around you to cheer you on. So hold there if you can. If you can't, you know, there are things that we can do to give you a little zhuzhing up. Yeah. But primarily honor that space and know that nobody here is going to tell you you need to speed up. You need to get through this. Drop it now. You know, I, I've seen some things and yeah. they're all appropriate on some level and we don't yuck anybody's yum and yeah, there's a different way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what world bridging, I guess, looks like for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that brings us full circle in some ways, like to, again, that like, it's not prescriptive and like, and part of that is like, because I think that's a piece too, that sometimes makes its way into some of these wellness spaces, that sort of rhetoric around, like, as you become kind of this like hollow vessel for like spirit, light, love, you know, that somehow that's this abnegation of like your individual unique self. And it's like, no, it's about like weaving those together because, you know, and that's part of, you know, I love that you shared, yeah, about your community, your membership circle space. And then, you know, for me, the idea of gathering around the fire here in this podcast and in, you know, in events that I do, you know, it is, it's like, we each come to it, you know, that's the idea behind sort of like, like council or like at medicine circle in whatever tradition, you know, the a common thread in whatever that looks like in the different traditions, I, my understanding anyway, is that some of that is it's like each person is representing a different like aspect of consciousness of this big oneness, universal consciousness. And so when we come together, you know, we light the fire and certain people are drawn around it. And each of them brings that slightly different tone to, you know, the space. And that's exactly how it's meant to be. Like, that's how it becomes a symphony and not just like a soloist, you know, (laughs) like off doing their thing, you know? And yeah. So I, yeah, I love, you know, yeah. What you're pointing to there again, that, yeah, it's not prescriptive and and yes, you're right. World Bridger sounds like such a big thing. And yet that is like what we each are in our own flavor of that, in our own tone of that. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, I love having these like longer form conversations with people too, because it's so beautiful. Like even when there are similar threads in the conversation, like each, there's just such a different tone to each conversation because each person is like has their like beautiful piece that they're like bringing to the puzzle and uh yeah so I'm aware of our time but I would love you know I know we've sort of touched on the idea of star people or star nations a couple times and in case that's a new concept for people or is there anything more you'd like to say (laughs) like to kind of flesh that flesh that out a little bit oh man I mean I feel like we could have a whole nother show on just I know that topic. <laughs> maybe we should <laughs> um I'm down okay because again we're staying within the realm of like my heart mm. um so I there's more than so there's 13 crystal skulls I touched on that each is connected mm. to a star nation and then there are many different sub nations and different ones have done different things more common ones that are heard the Pleiadians Mm -hmm. um the Arcturians the Andromedans and then there's like Andromeda B and (laughs) so on and so forth and each 
has their own history. They had, um, there have been a couple of cosmic wars that have gone on. There are, um, there's crossovers for where your soul has been. And knowing that, like what your star lineage is, is it's a way to come home first and foremost. So don't, there is no star nation that's better than the other. They all had their purpose. Like your trans tend to be a lot about teaching and technology and that has its place. But when you need to drop down in your heart or when you need community, I'm probably going to go and sit with the Pleiadians because they love everybody. Like they've been everywhere. They've done everything with everyone. So, you know, I'm going to talk to them. Uh, where I may not get that emotional response from an Arcturian necessarily. But even as I'm saying that, there's a blend, right? Like it's not so prescriptive. So it's searching out that, connecting with it means connecting with yourself once more and finding out that maybe some things that are typical and normal for you are part of that lineage. Mm -hmm. What you feel felt drawn to, um, others that you felt drawn to, and there is a deeper, oh, this is coming forward. Oh, we should totally have a show on this. Mm. There's a deeper connection to that star nation's language that exists within us that once it is opened up and you give yourself full permission to let it in, what ends up coming forward is the most sacred healing sound mm. you have ever heard in your life. And it's unique to you. And yet it, there are some universal connections to it that allow us to, to connect and dialogue. And, and it would be as if the earth could all speak at once. And we just knew because it's coming from a heart place. We just understood. We just felt it wasn't like, what do you mean by that? What are you saying? And so, and these star languages and star nations also connect to different cultures we have around the world so even the languages that we're using except I kind of rally against I don't think English is a star language I think it's trash but um <laughs> even though it's born into it um, each like you know Spanish French Aramaic Latin all of those are connected to the star nations too so that's why I said like this could be such a deep journey it's all still about a journey home and if you've ever felt like you didn't belong here, that's where your journey starts. Mm. It's off world. But I guarantee you, you will lead back into this space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I love that. It's about connecting yeah. with family and technology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that totally makes me excited for a whole conversation just on that. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah I feel like I've dabbled a little bit in star nations and that's, that's a piece too, that I think part of the reason I've sort of only dabbled a little is it does feel like that's another sort of circle in this, this wellness medicine space where there's a lot of like transcendental and, you know, and again, not that there's right or wrong, but I love what you're pointing to that. Yes, we go out to, for it to like bring us back in. And so I, I find that there are a lot of people out there whose teachings feel really ungrounded to me, to me anyway, yeah. on that. And so I'm, I tend to get very, like my animal body has a very strong response to that. It's like, nope, <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah, part of that sensory, that instinct as well as intuition, right. Is like my animal body is very, anytime there's sort of 
ungroundedness or like a lack of coherence, my body is like that, you know, there's a potential threat there actually. And like, bye, you know, and like horses do that too, right? Like if you come at them with um, unintegrated energy, like you're presenting one thing, but inside you're feeling something else. They're like, nope, you know, because they don't know the, the idea behind that is, is like, they're, they're technically prey animals. They're very large, but they're prey animals. And so, you know, they can't, if your energy is inco in cohesive, incoherent, you know, in terms of not coherent, um, you know, they're like, we can't read whether you're a predator or like a friend. And so yeah. we're just going to assume that this could go sideways really quickly. And we're just going to move away, you know? And when I read that about them, I was like, oh my God, so many things in my life suddenly make sense. Like, because that's literally like when I encounter- Because you carry horse medicine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I encounter that's stuff awesome. and my body's like, uh-oh. <laughs> so yeah, I have a very, like very, I'm very attuned to kind of that stuff. And again, not that those people are inherently bad or wrong, you know, but for me, they're not right for me, you know? And for my body. Um, and so that's something I feel like I've, that's been a challenge has been finding, um, you know, for me personally has been finding places and, and of information or, or like guides or portals where I can start to like develop that connection with the star nations a little bit more. And my star lineage a little bit more that have felt like places that were right for my body, you know? So, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. different when you integrate the body piece, but they're, they're available. I can tell you that maybe a conversation for yeah. offline, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. So yeah. So, um, where can people find you and, and is there anything else you feel like you want to say as we kind of wrap up here? Is there anything else that wants to come through to, to feel complete? Um, where can people find me? They can find me at, interestingly enough, PleiadianCouncils at gmail.com. It's the best uh, way to reach out to me. And as we develop connection, I can, um, you know, do other things with that, extend other invitations. And then there are, um, I'm on socials. So you can find me on Instagram. I think it's at Dahlia's Discourse. Um, and then... Facebook. It's just Dahlia Rose. I don't even think I said my name in the beginning. You did. It's I fine. did. Yeah. <laughs> like, like when, when I came to this space, it was just like, I'm just here. I'm home. Like I, I, it felt very cozy. So, yeah. you know, names awesome. are meaningless in cozy spaces. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, those are the best ways to reach out to me. And um, I love hearing about people's stories. And I personally, like, while I love connecting with people, I know I'm not the end all be all. So um, I like to think of myself as a great bridge mm -hmm. to other things. So you know, share your stories and connect in whatever ways feel meaningful. And if I'm the right person or, you know, we're connected in some way, I'm sure we'll go somewhere with it. Or um, if I need to direct you to, because I know a lot of amazing people, Kate is one, obviously, but you guys oh, know. Thank you. So. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, one of the things that I love is that my community, one, I will never recommend anybody that I've not gone to by myself. And two, I've, been able to find a lot of really safe people so mm -hmm. I'm just here for the communities the connections and if you find me I would love to 
go further with that. Amazing. Yeah. So I'll have all those links in the show notes. And um, you had mentioned your membership. Your membership is open now. Unfortunately, by the time this episode comes out, I think that window will have closed, but um, you can always get on my newsletter, That's get on the newsletter and then you'll know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When the next time is that, that the membership is open and many of the workshops that are open to membership people are available to people outside the membership as well. So, right. Um, you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so get on the newsletter and then you'll have access to all of that. <laughs> So yeah, beautiful. Well, thank, thank you for the time. Yeah, that yeah. feels right to say is thank you for your time. Time is my first mm. love language. So this mm. is really meaningful. Yeah, meaningful for me too. I know it's funny as I was sitting down to kind of, yeah, prepare for today. It's like, it's, we've like only connected a couple times, like, you know, really in real life. And there's always been a strong connection each time. And yet I was like, I don't really like know that much about her in some ways, you know, <laughs> and like, like I do. And I don't, you know, in that funny way of like, you know, the person and yet like, you don't actually like know the, the things of the person, you know, sort of the like, and so anyway, so yeah. So I was like, Oh, I'm really excited to actually be in conversation and, and like get to hear a little more of your story and get to kind of know you a little more. So yeah. So thank you for your time. And, uh, you yeah. had to trust your horse medicine before this moment. <laughs> you were like, no, it's good today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Well, beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. So we'll just invite everybody listening to just take a few breaths in and out. And to just, as we begin to sort of wind down this moment, this time around the fire. And just invite maybe one or two pieces of the conversation to just drop in a little bit deeper into your system, just trusting, again, it's not prescriptive, trusting that whatever lands for you in this moment is yours for today. And I'm feeling, yeah, feeling it coming forward to also thank all the guides who were present in this conversation because I'm very aware there are a lot of energies that got channeled and um, spoke sort of here through us today. And so thank you to them. And so we honor that this web of kinship our each unique tone, our each unique piece that we bring to this circle, to this web of life. And with that, we say thank you and until next time. Until next time. Hi, Kate here again. Thank you for gathering with us. Whether you've been here a while or found your way here thanks to today's guest, it means so much to me and the world I dream of to have you here. I hope you'll tune in for more of our conversations. We humans seem to be at a profound threshold and facing questions of deep impact for the future and the world. We need our full hearts and humanity as we sow seeds of change in these times of joy and heartbreak. I count myself lucky to be here now, 
around this virtual village fire, weaving our stories into a medicine with humans like you. As a community medicine space, this podcast is relational. It weaves webs of connection and mutual respect and care across time and space. If you appreciate and support the future we're seeding here, you can support the weaving of this web in a few ways. One, share episodes with friends and family or online with your community. It also helps the podcast immensely if you like, rate, subscribe to, or follow the podcast where you watch or listen, so you get notified when new episodes drop and new listeners find us as they search. Two, join us on Patreon. Doing so supports conversations like the one you just heard and allows you access to live community gatherings and medicine circles and more as we continue to grow. It also helps me keep this space advertisement-free so the conversations stay intact as they are. If you have questions, suggestions, connections, or would like to find out more about working with me, you can find me online at www.wildsacredjourney.com, on Instagram at wildsacredjourney underscore kp, or email me, kate at wildsacredjourney.com. Until next time, from my heart to yours, I release today's fire with a prayer for our individual and collective wholeness, connection, and joy. May it be so.